Bonjour, 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 and welcome to today's Super Rad MMA show. I am Jack Aaron Stoops. As always, I will be joined by my good friend Mel Brown. We're going to talk about everything from David Arquette challenging CM Punk to a fight to Dennis Bermudez advocating more judges and flat fees for fighters. We discuss Roy McDonald versus John Fitch. We might smell an upset there. We talk about our goat and savior, our team Lubov, being released from the UFC. We talk about Habib and Connor's suspensions. We, as always, have our Saints and Sinners, and of course, we will be discussing the up and coming UFC card we will give you our previews and predictions for that so please do stay tuned if you like it love share subscribe do all that good jazz on the social medias it'll be a wonder bar for us until then we will see you shortly bye final round Everybody underestimates the kick in the groin. That's fucking illegal. Bro, you're not even famous yet. I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. Four rounds and rounds of Conceive, believe, achieve. Shut the fuck up. What's crack, player? A lot. A lot is the crack. <laughs> A lot is the crack. A lot of crack. We well, we normally have a lot of crack on this podcast, but we had... You we just had, can't see it, because obviously we're not videoing it. No, true that, but um, we uh, we had two people tweet at us and say they didn't like the banter at the beginning, so... Oh, I was talking about the coke. Okay, well, I was just going to say, like, let's just get right into MMA, because apparently that's what people want, so... Yeah, we, after all, that's what we're here for, isn't it? Well, supposedly so, but so, just a reminder out there, it's our podcast... And we can talk about whatever we want. Well, this is true, and th- to be fair, like the irony of it is that I do, I do question whether or not if we had made it was, it was in regards to the Tina Turner's legs, and we were talking about you know there's some fine legs for an eighty year old woman, and uh, I do question whether or not anybody would have had the same issue if we talked about that halfway through the podcast. Well, we did spend a solid forty five minutes talking about it. <laughs> you mean forty five seconds? Yeah. I think, I think that was the irony of it. It was like we had two hours of an MMA show. It's yeah. like. Come on, guys! Like we, but we do. We're listening, so we're gonna get right into it. Like, um, we Speaking appreciate. Of it, though, I tell you what is good. We've got UFC London tickets. We did. We got UFC London tickets this morning, but my goodness, were they expensive? It's premium, premium MMA content. Well, do you know what? The card looks absolutely phenomenal. Like, we will do a full breakdown closer to the time, but the card looks absolutely unbelievable. So, just to clarify, we appreciate anyone's feedback, and um, we respectfully. Uh, divulge it, or, or sorry, respectfully digest it, and uh, we will get right into MMA talk. Um, so we're going to first off talk about Bellator, uh, and then we'll get into the news. So uh, Bellator, we we sort of were watching at the weekend, and great great card. Well, the later half of it certainly, but the mm. main card was brilliant. Um, Julian Ar- Archuleta um, defeated Ricky Bandejas. Bandejas is a great second Isn't name. it? Bandejas. Ricky Bandejas. Ricky Bandejas. Um, it's a good fight. Famous for starching... James Gallagher. Certain James Gallagher, yeah. Um, after all his shit-talking as well. Mm. Um, speaking of which, James Gallagher fighting Bellator uh, Dublin in February. That he is? He's headlining? Uh, he is, against a much less experienced, or much less well-known uh, opponent than Ricky Bandejas. Um, Got to build yourself back up. Unanimous decision. It's the right decision. Yep. I can um, agree with that. Not much more to be no, said. No, it was, it was really. a good fight. Solid fight, fight yeah. back and forth. Um, Juan Archuleta just just better um, on the night, certainly. Uh, it was close, but I think right call. Yeah. Um, Henry Corrales defeated Aaron Pico. 
Ooh, no, this was an upset. This was an upset, but annoyingly, I, I sort of, I intonated on it in the last podcast, saying like Henry Crawlers can fucking crack, and he could just crack him. Yeah. Now, I'd say to you that the only thing that stopped me betting on it because the odds were ridiculous. Like Aaron Pico was one of the, the biggest favorites I've ever seen. Yeah, was it um, one to eight or what, something? Yeah, one to seven or one to eight, and and I I was going to, but unfortunately because Bellator is not that popular in the UK, I couldn't get odds on Corrales by knockout, and I just like the odds weren't good enough. No, for a flat win, but I was tempted to put a cut, just a couple of quid, not like you know, not thirty quid on it, but like you know, yeah. two three quid. And I'm sure it would have been 10 plus to 1. You know, not a bad return for your money. I think um, they, they just need to slow Pico down a wee bit. Like, I know he's excellent. I disagree. I don't think that that was the issue here. I don't think the competition level was the issue. I think the fight IQ was the issue. Now, I think it was a bit of both. But you only... like. I think you develop fight IQ as you go through. Like you, we you forget do. that this guy's had five fights, and uh, Henry Corrales is what this was his twentieth. You know, so he's four times the experience. Yeah, but but you listen to the post-fight interview, and you hear Pico say, "You know, we knew that we needed to avoid the clinch." Yeah, you know, oh, like, no, he, he definitely. Uh, well, he, in fairness to Pico, he did have Corrales hurt badly, oh, badly, and went in for the kill and got a bit sloppy. You know, his striking defense has been exposed as having some holes in it, but I, I can't fault him too much. He just got ahead of steam trying to go in for the kill and didn't get it. It's Yeah, and the thing is, he, and he paid dearly for it. You know, the thing is, Pico, I think, hit the nail on the head. Great post-fight, post-fight press conference, if you saw it. Yeah. Uh, very humble in defeat. And, uh, I just think at 22, we don't need to keep throwing him into the wolves just yet. Like, I think he could probably take a step down, not two steps down, just one. I and, think that and sort of again, rebuild and come back. I think it's hard to say that whenever you see the the level of when when you see that he had him hurt and you see that the fight was his to take. I I kind of do disagree with you on that. I understand your point, but I think that you know within a like you're basing that on a a prospect, if you will. But Pico ain't no prospect. He is an elite level prospect, you know, and he is someone that that can compete at that level. And and I think that I ju- just because That's he took, true, all, but he's just, also lost. You know, he lost his pro debut, and then he got sparked in what was yeah, essentially his, his fault. His, his pro debut was less than a, what a year and a half ago. Yeah, I get that, but but what I'm saying is that that you can't really say like, oh, he needs to step down a level because he was just whitewashed by this guy. He doesn't. He could. He should have won that fight. I personally would like to see that rerun. And Bellator are the organization that would do that kind of thing. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, maybe I would have Pico have another fight or two before you run it back, but certainly could see it happening down the line. Um, he's that young that, yep, he can take this bad experience and adapt and improve, and you know he's got time to do that. So I don't think by any means we should be writing Pico off, and I don't think people are, but... Uh, yeah, I'd just like to see him sort of brought back along at maybe a slightly slower pace. Henry Corrales is, is pretty close to the top of that division. Yeah. Um, and I just, just, you know, regardless of how Pico did against him in the beginning, I still think that's probably, you know, just a level too a bit too high too soon. 
But well, I I respectfully disagree. But um, you know, it was it was a great fight. And Pico said, you know, that he has, you know, he knows he has power in his hands, and he's been relying on it too much. And you know, it, it seemed to intonate that he wanted to get back there, you know, more of the wrestling, which I think is the right call. Um, you know, so he seems to be self aware, and that's that's another reason why I'm keen for him not to have necessarily a much of a step down because I think that you know he does have. But I, th- I just think he damaged the brand because if. You, you... But that's that's the game you play. I don't. I don't necessarily agree with that. I think Bellator have a duty. They have a, you know, like you said, an elite prospect. Um, I don't think it helps anybody. Say, for example, they did just run the Corrales fight straight back and he got knocked out again. Well, dude, well dude, yeah. Dude would be four and three and, like, it's, you know, two He's bad. four and three, but with 15 years left in his career. Yeah, but if you're losing these fights at the start and you're getting sparked out like he did, like that was a bad yeah, one. You, you didn't question gonna, his chin, yeah. Well, not not question his chin. No, no, I down the line. Corrales can bang, but like... No, down the line. I yeah, mean, you're like not going to have a 15-year career if you get sparked out. Yeah, that's what I mean. You would question, you know, the chin if you're if you're continuing to to get those, you know, because those, those yeah. knockouts in mass, you know. But, um, you know, certainly... Uh, can't take anything away from Corrales. Came back from bad adversity. Was was badly hurt. You know, yeah. not not not. Oh, he's a wee bit hurt. Like no, he was. Oh yeah, it was, was seconds away from curtains. But uh, you know, fair play to him. Uh, Pico, you know, wish him all the best. He's one of my favorite prospects in MMA, let alone in Bellator. Um, Jake Hager, um, or Jack Swagger, as you may know him, the WWE star. Um, he defeated JW Kaiser. Now, an elite fighter in his own right. This was not as impressive as it should have been? I don't know. Well, you, he still he took he, a few He did, big but shots. he still got rid of him, what, within two minutes of one round? Well, yeah, but, you know... like Other than coming out and it's a, the knocking damage. him dead on the feet. It's taking the damage. You know, you don't... You know, he shouldn't... <laughs> I'm going to chalk that up to just... Inexperience? And, well, obviously inexperience, but debut nerves, maybe. You know, just... Oh, yeah. Yeah, you, have to, you know, we forget this. Like he has not had a professional fight before. You hit the nail on the head when we were talking about this during the week, where you said, "I saw enough to want to see more," and that's that's kind of where I stand on it as well. Yeah, like um, like as long as the competition level, I think a slight step up from what I believe is, and this is not a joke. Uh, I think J. W. Kaiser is a tire salesman in his spare time. Um, certainly got a tire around his middle. It certainly does, yeah. Um, I would have nothing against seeing him take a little bit more of a step up. Um, I think we need to see that. Um, you know, the guy's up against the age-wise is old Jack Swagger, 36 or 37 years old. So, you know, it'd be good to actually see him, you know, if he's going to do it, he needs to start fighting competition earlier than most others because he doesn't have the luxury of time. Yeah, absolutely. I 100% agree. I have no problem with this fight as it happened, because essentially, you know, it's a guy making his pro debut. We don't know how he was going to react. Um, we have now seen that. They're obviously, he's an athletic freak. Uh, exceptional wrestling. Yes, you know, did get hit a bit more than anybody would like. But, like I said, got rid of the guy in, what, two minutes. So, can't really complain. I agree. Would like to see him fight, you know. I wouldn't throw him to the wolves just yet. Like, I don't want to see him fight. Czech Congo. <laughs> good, good grief, no. Or anybody like that, but certainly... Having said that, I think his wrestling would stack up pretty well against Czech Congo. Yeah. I don't, like, I'm not, I'm not saying I think he would beat him, necessarily. I'm just saying, like, I think that there... I don't know. I don't know. I think I need to see how more, he would do yeah. against someone a bit better than 
than Kaiser. So the main event now, um, Brian Brian Bader defeated Fedor Emelianenko first round knockout, thirty five seconds in. Uh, this fight, Bader has coasted through this heavyweight Grand Prix. Phenomenal. Yeah, hasn't uh, taken a shot. Um, essentially, pretty much. Uh, question about Fedor. Um, I I personally think that he should retire. Um, I you know that as well as as anybody that listens to this podcast, we are not in the game of telling fighters, oh, you need to retire. I'm saying this because he doesn't he doesn't need to fight anymore. He's he's, no, he's, he's done, done everything. everything and even I, even considering his age and the compromised chin. He got as far as he could in this. Yeah, even getting to the final of this, you know, can be viewed as a bit of an achievement. Well, I mean, it, it was a Hail Mary for him, wasn't it? Because yeah. you would imagine that if he won, he was retiring. No yeah. doubt. He only, would have as retired said, on top. Yeah, as I said to you before, only fighter would want the same in again as a Crew Cup rematch. I'd watch that. But that's it. Like, I, I don't... I would, and that's a nostalgia thing more yeah, than... Yeah, like, I don't want to see him hang around Bellator and fight Roy Nelson. Or Jake Hager, for instance. Yeah, well, yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I think that he is, as you said, he's done everything that he can, he can do in the sport. Um, whether or not he retires is up to him, and he has my respect regardless. But I, I just think that his chin at this stage, like, we talked about this shot from Bader the other day, and, like, Bader's a big dude, and he's kind of hit hard, but, like, he sh- he, he sh- I can understand being stunned by that, but, like, that killed him. He was dead after that, and, and you know... It was close to a job. I know it was. It was I know it was. A, I know it was a lead, lead hook. It's I the know. Lead hook and it put, I know, but it's, like, and it's it's one of it's Bader's, a long lead hook. Though. I know, but it's one of Bader's better punches. It put uh, King Mo down the exact same way. Yeah, but I question King Mo's chin too. Yeah, you know, like I, I, I just think that if if you're getting if you're getting fight ending stunned by that, you, your chin's questionable. You know, by all means, I'm some. You know, but then look, I haven't been on the receiving end of it, so what the fuck do I know? But you know, the reality of it is to me that from looking at it, and you know, I, I just I think that the Fedor, as you said, as you said a minute ago yourself, his chin has been questionable for a period of time. I, just, and I think I, the questions I, are, are yeah. I, d- now. I don't need to see him hang around to get the questions proved right. Or well, wrong. I, I kind of feel they have been to an extent, but regardless, we're verging on being disrespectful to King Fedor. Um, yeah. You know, he's an incredible, incredible career and fucking unbelievable from, from Ryan Bader. Yeah, um, sp- yeah, speaking of incredible careers, what about Bader turning around? Yeah, um, and and I the, another one, and anyone that's listened to this podcast uh, for any period of time will know that I have a, a little bit of a, a mental notepad for these um Guys that don't cut weight anymore. Yeah. Another case. He was my pick for the tournament before it happened. Just you know. Well, and you also won money on a first round knockout of him against Fedor. So sadly, yes, it was you know wasn't my proudest moment taking those, those winnings. But <laughs> come on, any wins a good myself win. all the way to the bank. Any wins a good win. Um, I I personally just thought that uh, Bader. Well, here's a question. Better at heavyweight or light heavyweight? Better at heavyweight. You think? Yeah. How do you think he would do against elite heavyweights? I know he just beat Fedor, who's... You know, I, yeah, but he's not... I know what you mean. But he's, he's not, not Fedor he's elite of, because he's Fedor. He's not elite because of his skill set anymore. Elite, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think he does well. Um, I think that he struggles with... Well, let's see. I've got the UFC rankings up in, in front of me. So let's let's uh, have a look at the, uh, the old heavyweight rankings. There's definitely a couple of interesting matchups for him at heavyweight. I'll give him that. Um, so I would, right? I would favor him against 
Stefan Struve, Andre Arlovsky, Walt Harris, uh, Taito Vasa, Justin Willis, Tybura, Olenek. So there's your there's from eight to fifteen, right? Junior DeSantos. No. You think that Junior would beat him? Yeah. I don't. I don't because I think the I think his wrestling would come to I'm play. I'm looking at the rankings. I think seven up should beat Ryan Bader at heavyweight. Derek Lewis? No way. I don't think Derek Lewis has a fucking shot. He doesn't have a snowball's chance in hell against Bader. Yeah. Bader DCs him. Nah. His wrestling isn't DC level, but it's good enough. Like Derek Lewis, like Derek Lewis would be the only one I'd question that. But Derek Lewis also hits like a truck. And Ryan Bader. And Ganu, Ryan I, Bader is a man who has also been knocked out several times. That's true, but it doesn't show the same signs of being chinny. Like, you look at the knockouts, okay, so what, the Machida one? Yeah, but that would have literally decapitated anybody. What other ones? Okay, what ones to you from Bader are, were showing you Well, there's only, I'm not saying, I'm not saying he is chinny. I'm just saying when he has fought big hitters, he has got knocked out. Glover Tejera put him to sleep. Rumble Johnson battered him. Oh, but yeah, the Rumble one was pretty terrible. Um, and I just think that Derek Lewis has the sort of power to Yeah, true, to, to be well. fair, but though. But I think, I think lots of those heavyweight guys from 7-up do. I think DeSanto's still as par, over him as par. Volkov is just so much larger that if he fought smart, if he fought like he did against Derek Lewis bar the last 10 seconds, he's a handful for pretty much everyone on earth. Volkov is an interesting, he's a bad matchup for him, but like I'm looking at Matt Mitrion. Do you know what I mean? Like when I'm when I'm thinking about mm-hmm. like you know heavyweights, and we've talked before, and we've said that that Matt Mitrion would be in the top ten. You know, so I think that yeah, there. Are, I'm not disputing. Oh, that no, there no, are some I, bad I, matchups. I, w- I would like yourself. I would favor him. Well, maybe not favor him, but I would certainly give him a very good chance against anybody from five to eight. Yeah, yeah. He has I mean, the power and the wrestling and the strength to. To definitely be competitive with well, all look, those guys, and and to be competitive with seven up. Don't get me wrong; I'm not saying like, oh, he's no chance. I'm saying I would just, I would question if, it. If those matchups were made right now, I would favor the current crop of heavyweights. Well, yes, I would in the upper echelon. But as I said, I I didn't say he would do elite. I said he would do well, and I think yeah. that I think that yeah. I mean, put it this way. He would be a UFC caliber top ten heavyweight fighter, and that, yep. f- as someone that is a quote unquote light heavyweight, that's fucking good work for me. But um, that is the recap, sort of, of uh, Bellator, and with that, we'll go on to the news. So, the news, which you can tell, obviously, by our lovely news jingle. Um, how's this for some news that isn't news? Uh, David Arquette. Now, whether this is a joke or not, don't know. Um, he wants to go from the wrestling ring to the UFC octagon, challenging CM Punk to a no-holds-barred uh, no sorry, MMA match, saying, I'm ready, bro. Well, I would have favoured CM Punk, but no-holds-barred? Yeah, no-holds-are-barred at all. You use whatever WWE... The guy's a former world heavyweight champion. This is true. This is true. He is an elite level wrestler. Both professional are. wrestler. Both um, are elite professional wrestlers. I like I like David Arquette. Uh, but stay in your lane, man. You're a 47-year-old man. Like, it, it scares me to think that... that you what know, is it like? 
What is it with people? No, yeah, just what is it with people in general? But what is it with like? I can't really remember David Arquette. Scream. Other than I was about to say, other than where he met Courtney Cox and became the guy that married Courtney Cox, and then he just became the second part of her double barrel. Do you know what's quite cool, right? So a friend of mine who I'm not going to name, but is is a celebrity. uh, yeah, um, you know who it is. Uh, Courtney Cox st- stayed with uh, with Courtney Cox in LA and um, met David Arquette. Uh, apparently, they're still quite friendly because they have a daughter, and uh, lovely to hear that. Great to hear that. Um, but they were playing. Uh, is it headbands or like a game where you put like a placard on your head? You mm-hmm. know, and you it's like. So you put, you know, there's a celebrity's name on your head yeah, yeah, yeah. and you have to try and guess yes, who it is. So David Arquette wrote David Arquette and my mate was holding it on his head and was like, is he famous? And David Arquette went, yeah, not really. <laughs> like, you know, so it's like the guy sounds, apparently is really, really lovely dude. Um, so like, I, I, I like him, um, but I also wish him to stay out of his lane because as, as terrible as CM Punk was, I would fear for David Arquette's safety in that fight. And there's not very many people on the planet I would say that about. But then you don't know because CM Punk lacked any kind of physical intangibles required to be a fighter. Like, you know, he was non-athletic. He was just tough. And yeah, I wonder at least, if David at, least Ar- at this point he actually does have a few years of MMA training. I doubt David Arquette's been putting the putting the hours in. He's a blue belt, isn't he? Is he CM Punk? And, yeah, CM I think Punk, so. Yeah, I think CM Punk is. I don't know what if David Arquette even trains. But when you're that good at pro wrestling, well, well that's do, yeah. like the equivalent of what well, a purple worked, belt worked for. Uh, Barnett, right? Yeah. Work for for Josh Barnett. But um, no, like, I mean, obviously, maybe just trying to, try, I don't know if this case is a bit of wrestling cross promotion, if there's something going on here that we're not quite, you know, down with. Yeah. But, so it was funny. Um, Dennis Bermudez, he obviously retired. Great career for him. Um, he advocates more judges and flat fees for fighters. So two questions. One, how do you feel about more judges? And two, how do you feel about flat fees for fighters? Uh, judges... I suppose if you had more judges, I think we've had this idea before, more judges and then you essentially take the average. So it gets rid of outliers in, in scoring. Um, I don't know. It depends how many judges. Like, how many are we talking here? Five? Ten? Oh, but you see, this is the thing. Or do you do it by committee? Do you know, do you do, like... Uh, like a jury. Kind of. Like, yeah. do, you, do you do, like, not not fans, but, like, press? Do you know, like, oh, certain no. members of the press? No. Why? I just, I think, especially press, because they work closely with fighters and interviews, there is, like, links and bias. and. Okay, fair enough. Um, but surely those exist with, um, well, you know, with, with judges as well. Do they? Because most, of them, most so. of them are, not, are they not just, like, athletic commission stooges? They're not... Yeah, most of them come from boxing, which is a, a shambles yeah. in itself. But um, I think if you if you had more judges, yeah, then you could, you know, take an average. So say you had five, and you know, instead of three, like chances of a split decision. It would. Well, I don't know. I, I genuinely don't. Five know. is probably the one you need. Like you couldn't have ten. You know, like you, it would get silly if you had too many. You know, imagine the judge on the judges score this. Well, no, one hundred and ten points. Five, if you had five judges and it was a close fight, everything would become split decisions. Because chances are, out of those five people, one would probably see a close fight the do, other way. Do you think that fighters should know the scorecards in between rounds? 
this is something I feel really strongly about. Yes. I, so do I. Do you know, someone tweeted about this saying, and I'm sorry, I can't remember your name because it was months and months ago. Um, it might even have been a fighter actually saying, this is one of the only sports I can think of where the participants don't know what the score is. Yeah. That's crazy when you actually think about it. Like, especially when you consider the stakes. Well, when you see, like, in a close fight or a close round, how different corners read it and then they give either really good or really terrible advice based off that. You're winning. You're up. Yeah. You know. No, you're not. <laughs> or you're down. You need to go for the kill. Or, yeah. And, know, and I think leave that yourself vulnerable. That's what I was going to say is that if nothing else, you know, it would up the finish rate. And I'm not... Uh, for... for for uh, injuries sake obviously that's not great but in terms of entertainment um, well that's ultimately what everyone wants really isn't it yeah so you know I don't know would you just like I don't know how that works say if you had five judges how many would you need for a unanimous decision five I just don't think you'd get that that often I think it would muddy the waters. I then. think that I think that if you fix the judging criteria, so that the judge look here's the issue. The real issue is that the should sh- they get rid of split decisions, not get rid of them, but should they just be announced as they've won a decision? You know what I mean. So say you had five judges and they scored well, a kinda. three three to two, but that's the thing. Like, what what difference does it matter? Well, that's it's still a say, win and it's still a loss and it's a win by decision, whether it's unanimous or split. Well, here's the thing: is just how- split implies that it's close. Yeah, but that's that's kind of the point, though. It's but it's, if we watch it, then it's still close. You know, like people will know. True, if but you look, well, I, I suppose if we, you're looking at a record, you we know, look back at records and go, oh, "We lost a split decision." Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. It's nearly like half a loss rather than a full one. Yeah, yeah, but, and, and there, but there's merit to that too because if it's a split decision, but then you know, if we're going to be really cynical about it, you could put forward the argument that does that maybe just suggest that there is terrible judging because we've seen tons mm. of fights where you go, "That was never a split decision." Yeah, you know, do you know what I mean? So, like, it it does it actually carry the paper, or is it you know, does it carry the weight? You know, does it does it hold value? Yeah. I maybe not, but I personally think that the biggest issue with the judging is that they need to all be off the same hymn sheet. There needs to be a unified rule set for judges. Now, I know that there quote unquote is, but there's not. You know, they mm. all just get pulled in by different commissions. They they you know, what what one person might see as and I actually um I did judge um an MMA event and it's bloody it it was great fun, but it had its moments of being challenging because, you know, there was two split decisions, one of which I ended up ruling a draw, and um, much to the booze of the two and a half thousand people watching. But uh, <laughs> you know, it it is one of those things where I saw Octagon control and I saw a guy you know, controlling the octagon better yeah. and putting pressure. You know, I saw a guy backed up against the cage, having the pot shot his way in, but just to get backed up to the cage again. And um, when I saw the Mickey Doran and uh, Herzog, Herzog fight, and I can't, I can't even remember his name at the moment. I'm afraid, but um, you know, I that's what I saw in the fight. I saw a guy pressure pressuring another guy, and yes, that guy did take a bit of damage, but. He was the one controlling the pace of the fight. He was the one dictating where the fight took place. It took place with his opponents back against the cage. Yeah. And to me, that meant the win. But the other two judges saw that differently. You know, uh, they they saw the the odd pot shot or knee or whatever it was that he took as you mm. know as enough for his opponent to win the fight. But you could put forward cases for either. Well, I think that's the problem. Well, it's hard to get rid of that because judging is subjective. 
that's my point, and and that's where you kind of have to remove elements of that by saying but then, we value mm. octagon control over damage, but we value. Or, no, I'm not saying that's the that's what they should do, but I just mean you know you, they need to have like a hierarchy, like yeah. a like well, a. They're supposed to. Yeah, but oh, that's my point. But that's supposed it, but to. Yeah, but people still put. But everything is subjective in how you view a fight. So, you know, damage and clean shots. I don't know. There is no easy answer to this. There's not. Um, what do you feel about flat fees for fighters? I thought they kind of got flat fees. As in, get rid of win bonuses? I think that's what he's talking about. Yeah, I've said this before. I think you need to get rid of win bonuses. Would you Or, be- or you change the percentage of win bonuses. I think essentially 50%, which is what the UFC do, so what, like 50 and 50? What to, about... I think like a win bonus, it should just be that. It shouldn't be half your pay. What about a... Uh, what about doing like instead of win bonuses, like incentives? Because people, yeah, no, because so, the argument is that people say, oh, well, it makes you, you know, fight harder to get it. And I think it's the opposite. I think you fight safer because you're like, I don't want to lose 50% of my paycheck. Yeah. Whereas if you got a flat fee, it removes that or a smaller win bonus. And it's kind of not as Where, important to the more to the higher paid fighters But that's either. what I mean then. You, you sort of, yeah, you you get rid of that playing it safe aspect because you're like, I don't have to play it safe because I'm still getting paid either way. It's about winning now rather yeah. than I just need to, you know, take the safest route possible to get my full pay here. Um, yeah, I mean, I think you're right. I think, I think you, when you said about, uh, you know, like the higher paid fighters, I don't really think they get win, like win bonuses that much anymore. No, it's normally, because they're normally the ones that are in contention for the fight at night. Yeah. <coughs> excuse me. Because <coughs> that was actually my, ne- <coughs> excuse me. But just with their, with their base pay, like a, they just, <coughs> they couldn't afford to, to give those guys that again on top. For this was my next question, which is, are they better just doing a knockout gets you 20 grand, a submission gets you 20 grand, and that's just across the board? Do you know what I mean? So, like, incentivize them because they're, you know, at the end of the day, anyone that works for a company normally has incentives, you know, so yeah. you're a salesman, you get commission, but if you smash your target, you get a an extra day's holiday, you know. Yeah. I, I kind of like that there's an incentive to do it, but I understand what you're saying and that if it's too big an incentive, then you're going to be, you're going to sit in the fence with it and you're going to... But then, yeah, it's not really an ins- incentive, you know, it's because it's so, because it's such a high percentage of your <laughs> overall pay. Like, yeah, it's more like a, like a, like a ransom. Yeah. Yeah, like holding it over their head. So yeah, no, I think, yeah, maybe smaller amounts, but for knockouts and submissions and then yeah. on top... Should, it, well, they got rid of knockout of the night and sub of the night, and it's now just performance, performance of the night, of the night yeah, which is silly. But uh, Arnold Allen and Jordan Rinaldi has been booked for UFC London, which, as we said, we are going to. Um, what a fight! Yep. Um, I think I favor Rinaldi, but Allen. Really, I favor Allen. Allen's phenomenal. He's one of the one of the sort of he's one of the prospects that no one's really talking about. You know, there's very only. Only a handful of people are actually talking about Arnold Allen. He's so young. He's only 24, 25, I think. Um, you know, and he has some, you know, some great wins. He beat Mans Brunel um, by submission as well. Uh, Makwani, uh, Amir Khani. Um, I think the thing holding him back is, I believe... His moustache. No, I actually <laughs> believe he's got criminal convictions, which keep him out of fighting in the US. Right. Okay. That's a shame. That's a real shame. 
He's a purple belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, trains in TriStar in Canada. Well, he hasn't fought since the Liverpool card in last year. All of his fights for the UFC, apart from... Have been uh, in England. Apart from one, have been in England, yeah. Uh, He fought... In Germany. Uh, Alan Omer in Germany. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, he's staying close by. Yeah, I believe he's... Uh, uh, he was involved in a, a... Well, I'm just reading here. He was involved in a, <laughs> a, in a, a brawl near Ipswich in December 2016, which left six people injured, five of whom were women. Oh, dear. Oh, good grief. Um, oh, as, dear, As a dear, result, dear. Alan could face travel restrictions <laughs> due to the conviction. So he's issued a five-month suspended sentence when he played guilty for... That, so. But depending on the, that doesn't sound good though. Like, hopefully he wasn't involved in hurting any of the women because that would make me much less of a fan of his. Yeah, I did. I didn't know this until I was looking up, and I, I saw the fight had, earlier. I knew that there was something to do with his travel restrictions because I remember there was a fight I think was planned and then was cancelled at one stage. Yeah. But, um, yes, it was against Enrique Barzola at UFC 220. So I remembered him being pulled, but <clears throat> like that's well, like. Until I hear exactly what happened, I, I don't want to comment too much on it. But um, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't look good. No, um, but hey, it's it's been through court and yep, it's been dealt with there. Um, but it still, doesn't take away from the fact that he is an, a pretty excellent prospect. Roy uh, McDonald, John Fitch fight for the Bellator Grand Prix first round. And for the for, belt. Yep. Slated, yeah, the baller of McDonald to agree to that. Um, first round slated, uh, the Grand Prix first round slated for April. Um, that's a tough fight. That is. I have... <clears throat> Fitch is going to give him give him fits. <laughs> I see what he did there. Fitch yep. is going to give him Fitch. Um, possible, yeah. Um, I do favour McDonald, but I don't think that this is a, as favourable a matchup as, I as seen, many have. I haven't seen the betting odds for this, but I would imagine they'd be fairly heavy towards McDonald, and I don't think that's a reflection. I have a feeling that McDonald. I we were actually talking about this during the week. Yeah, it was yesterday actually. Was it? Yeah, uh, the McDonald's just mightn't be the same. It could be broken. Yeah, I think it is, and I, I we spoke about this before. I can't remember if it was on the podcast or not about. A similar case in football, uh, if, or soccer to the American listeners. You may have heard of Wayne Rooney. Yep. And if you live in the UK, you'll have definitely heard of Wayne Rooney. Um, but sort of... I don't know football, but I do know him. Yeah, yeah. But his career at the elite level in England sort of fizzled out earlier than, than expected. But what isn't taken into consideration is that he was playing at the elite level from a much earlier age so he was playing in the premiership when he was 16 so he fitted a full a standard full career which most players you know the same length as most top players would have but just into a different time window and I just wonder if something similar is happening to Rory McDonald who of course was fighting in the UFC when he was what 18 and uh, I mean what age is he now is he he must be 28 28 29 Um, he's not 30 yet as far as I know um, I'll look it up for you now. Yeah. He is 29 years young. Yeah. You know, so that's... He's had a decade of a fighting career. He's had more than that. Yeah, but I mean, like, at the absolute elite level. Yeah. You know, so, like... Yeah, very, well, his first his first UFC fight was in 2010, so he's... Well, there you, you know, go, yeah, so he'd be... Nine years he'd be of close, UFC close level. a decade of UFC level competition. And not many people last 
too much. You know, there's the there's the freaks out there, the Dan Hendersons and whatnot. But like on average, a good level UFC Bellator, you know, pro is probably got about a ten year window at the top. Yeah, yeah. And I think that he's you know, depend, depending on how he comes back, because I thought he was looking great going into the Musashi fight and looked terrible in it. Oh, he looked awful, but he has come out and said since that, you know, he didn't prepare properly, he he just wasn't feeling... I saw that he wasn't feeling it or lacked motivation, and I was kind of like... Mm. Yeah, to be fair, though, like... If you're lacking motivation, because at the time, to become Bellator's first dual weight champion... To be fair, I think that, you know, you you have to remember, like, we've talked about this, like, we are both, as some of you, and if you uh, if you don't know, I'm about to tell you, uh, may know that uh, Mel and I have our first novice uh, MMA fights coming up in, well, it's five weeks now. Um, not even, actually. Uh, Four and a bit. You know, we, the, the mindset thing is something that I think I have more respect for now, because they're, you know, I can see how people could just drop the ball on it or go in slightly underprepared or go in overprepared and you know there is a lot more to it than people think and I think that it's something that many people who watch the sport don't ever actually consider no not at all the mental side of it is arguably more important but you know it, it wouldn't take much for him to have just not been feeling that fight I just, I just think you burn out on that it's like to mentally prepare to fight someone in a cage is a big deal yep. it is a big deal and it takes weeks and you stay up at night and the physical training is hard and your body's broken and you know you're willing yourself through sessions and you've doubts and fears and then you swing the other way and you can be overconfident yep but to do that well this will be his 26th fight to have gone through that process 26 times and not figure it out but no not even to not figure it out it's just that's taxing. You know, it's the, I think there's a mental tax as well as a physical tax. Yeah, toll. 100%, especially as a young guy that has kids. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, he's other things in his life. There's the physical toll as well of fighting from when you were, what, well, I don't know, it's, I'm looking at his professional, I think. yeah, his professional debut was in 2005, you know, so his 14-year <laughs> career. And some of those fights have been brutal, like the Robbie Lawler fight was, will have well, taken years one? off his life. Well, he's fought him twice, you know. And, and twice. both of them were fucking... Stephen Thompson battered him as well, you know, even some of the wins he's been in has been, they've been pretty hardcore. Condit caught him early in his career as well, you know, so. Both of those Robbie Lawler fights were. And the Musasi one was bad. That was terrible. Yeah. Like it was proper, proper terrible. So, I don't know, I'm really interested to see if he can bounce back, but I think Fitch is like, well, Fitch, Fitch is a horrible matchup for most people. Yeah, well, Fitch has that game, uh, dare I say, Habib-esque, you know, where he will oh, just he's, tie oh, you yeah, up. Yeah. He's the first guy that did that. You know, yeah. like, he'll just tie you up. His wrestling is fucking elite, and it's also he's horrific. On, and he's on a great run. He's, he's also 40, so this is, you know, last chance yeah. for Fitch. Um, I was about to say to capture gold, but it's he was the... World Series of Fighting slash PFL champion. Yeah, but this is this is level. yeah this um, is next level up from is. that. Um, I I agree with you to a certain extent. Like the question I think in this fight is, you know, is Rory McDonald broken? If he's not, I think he handles Fitch. He should do. But I do have my doubts. I do. I can smell an upset coming. I can agree with you that I see how I everything, see a path to it. Everything says Rory McDonald should. <clears throat> But that's normally when you have a sign. Yeah. 
Yeah, so, no, I agree. Um, you heard it here first. Our king and saviour. Uh, well, uh, to be fair, as as usually is the case with the upsets. I mean, we're, we're, our records for picking those pretty good. We both picked Nunes to beat Cyborg. Both picked Suhudu to beat TJ. Both picked Connor to be or Habib to be Connor. That's not so much yeah, of an upset. upset. I think anybody <laughs> that knew the sport knew, but you get the picture. Mm-hmm. Um, our team Lubov, our king and our savior. Uh, he has been granted his release. That's a very polite way of saying he's been cut from the UFC. Well, we, apparently, he requested it. I wonder why. To take over the world of boxing. So, our team Lubov's a really interesting one. Um, and the reason for that is because his record overall is appalling. His record is... Do, 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 do. So he's 13, his, 13, 15, 1 and 1. Yeah, his record is appalling for the level at which he was fighting. Yeah, but... Headlining and co-headlining UFC cards. But the Ultimate Fighter lost to Ryan Hall by decision. Ryan Hall just dismantled So you were, you were telling me, we were talking off air about this, and we would sort of talk through his... Uh, his record, and you were surprised by some of his mm-hmm. some of his wins. I'm looking at his record. You tell me which win you're surprised about, because I'm not surprised about any of them. Chris Avila and Torito Ishihara. So pretty much really? his only two wins in the UFC. Yeah, I you're think impre- like Ishihara. Not impressed, but what I'm saying is that Ishihara is a guy that is a borderline UFC guy. He is a guy. What I said to you exactly was that. Our team Lubov is a borderline UFC guy without a borderline UFC record. And the fact you have a win over Ishihara and Chris Avila, another, like both borderline UFC guys, that backs that up. I'm not saying that. I was at the Ishihara fight in Belfast and it was crap. Yeah, it was terrible. Um, I wasn't at it, but it was terrible. You know, like the other thing as well is like you have to look at who he went to decisions with um, and look at how long they went for. I think, you know, he. You know, decisions with Michael Johnson, one-sided ass whooping that. Decision with Andre Feely, again, pretty one-sided. Decision with Cub Swanson. The fact that he's even surviving that far suggests to me that he has some toughness somewhere with all... Yeah, I would say he's he's tough. But he doesn't like it. Here's the thing. I'm not disputing that that he he is not a, quote-unquote, UFC-caliber fighter. You know... But he's a fringe UFC caliber fighter. And I'm surprised that from the UFC's point of view, they didn't want to keep him because he does sell tickets. Does people, he? Yeah, people are interested because of the memes. But yeah. Do you think he yeah, actually does? 100%. No, no, look, sell tickets as in, is he going to headline anything? No, but what I'm saying is, is he a guy that could headline your prelims and get a bit of a, I must watch the prelims because our team's fighting? Absolutely he is. He hasn't fought in a pay-per-view card since 2016. That's my point, is it's not for a pay-per-view. It's, he's a guy that is going to earn minimal money. This is a guy that the UFC, on paper, should love. Because, he's actually only fought in their pay-per-view cards once. Yes, this is, but that's my point, right? It's not about money. It's about the fact that people will tune in to what... If you stick him on the prelims, people are going to watch it. I don't think other than hardcore MMA fans really give a shit about him. I don't think anyone like legitimately cares. I'm saying that people watch. I don't him. think I don't think he's a draw even amongst that particularly. I watch him. Oh, well, we well, watch dogs well, yes, fighting yeah, in the no, street. No, this is true. This um, is true. But I just think that there's enough interest like for the, I'm surprised the UFC have got rid of him because I think that he's a great guy for them to have I just on think, their I prelims. I think they can't keep him anymore. I think the record's got so bad and he's on a three-fight losing streak. That's probably true um, as well, but I'm surprised that... At least, what, two and five in the UFC? And his two wins are crap. But he's a guy that... They, I'm not disputing any of this and I don't think he has a place in the UFC. I'm saying that I'm actually surprised at the UFC because the UFC 
normally like guys like this. The guys that like he does fight anyone, anywhere, anytime. Like, well, apparently, he, he apparently, apparently, it's three fights more on his uh, <laughs> contract. On his contract, but he that's, but that's what I mean. I'm surprised. I'm surprised that this has gone this way because the UFC. You know, normally don't let people go. You know, and I know that. Yeah, they, usually if there's a benefit to them. Yeah, but what's the benefit to them? Well, I think that shows you that there isn't. But there must be. Like there, there, there I is. I think a, there is. I dude, think. have you been on Reddit? Yeah, but that's there's th- tens of thousands of people that rant and rave about our team. Like, no, they don't. It's a snarky meme. Like no one actually gives a shit. Yeah, but it's, everyone, it's a joke. Which yes, it is, but. Literally hammered to death. Don't which is, you talk about the Russian oh, hammer in that way? Don't be part of this. Don't you talk about the Russian hammer in that way? How dare you? The man. Yeah. The joke's fu- the joke's dead. The joke is dead. Uh yeah. We can leave it. A, we can course. leave it in the past. I'm just surprised. You'll do I'm just surprised that the UFC have have let him go. Like I think I, I it's the right call, and I'm, I'm saying this. He is at best fringe level could win yeah. a couple, lose a couple. At, oh, I, I, of I, I, the all, right all, level. All I'm saying is I'm not surprised by it at all. I think. Fair enough. If you're Artem Lobov, your chances of earning money are probably slightly higher elsewhere because you've got the affiliation. You've now got a meme. You're you've had a bit of a UFC run. You know you can go fight in Bellator. Yeah, well, he probably will go fight in Bellator. He'll go fight some taxi drivers or something for some money. Like fair enough. Um, could probably even go on a bit of a run in Bellator. I don't think so. Not to the belt, but like. See, I think I think he's in a very very dangerous position. And that he's been fighting guys with his last three guys, Swanson, Feely, and Michael Johnson, are all well respected. Pretty close to elite, but not. Yeah, pretty much up there. But if you go to Bellator and fight some Taxi featherweight driver. who's up and coming, doesn't, you know, his name isn't out there, but he's fighting Artem Lubov and a certain Mr. McGregor could be Cade's side and the SBG corner, and it'll be on TV and this, that, and the other. Artem Lubov's just not that good. He's tough, yeah. tough as nails. Yeah, yeah. But someone could batter him. Oh, easily. Easily. Um, I um, just think he'll have a big target on his back wherever he goes. Um, and I just don't think he's that good. Habib. Uh, Habib received a nine-month suspension. $500,000 fine for his role in UFC 229 uh, for the brawl. Um, it's a fucking joke. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. And I also question, like, who are these people? The fucking police? The fucking legal system, go fuck yourself. You're a state athletic commission, catch a fucking grip. I get that there has to be some kind of, you know, comeuppance for this. Uh, he, has an, be- he has a nine-month suspension, but has said he will not fight until his teammate suspensions are up. And I think one of them got a year. So we're looking at new Habib until probably the New York card next November. Or, the, sorry, this November coming. That's a long-ass time. And it is the... Nobody to blame but the... You know, look, here's the reality of it. If something had gone down, it should have been dealt with legally. It probably could have got dealt with legally, yeah. but didn't, so... But that's that's my point, is either deal with it legally or don't deal with it. It is not up to... I think there had to be some sort of sanction. There did, but the every, UFC think, should have done that. I think everybody... Yeah, well, Because they're the employer. Fuck the Athletic Commission for sticking their nose in. They just just lying in their own pockets. I think it was... Oh, yeah, like the money thing is crazy, but I think... Like, suspensions is one there, thing, yeah, but the money, to, go fuck yourself. There should have been suspensions. There needed to be some How sort of How did they come sanctions. up with that figure? Would it have been the same figure if it was fucking Chris Avila? No, to, think, who do, to, to fucking like it's fucking disgusting. No, it'll, I don't know how they came up with it. I would assume it'll be a percentage of total earnings. Yeah, but that's my point. Like they just decide all of a sudden, like, oh yeah, I'm, I get to take that because 
No, go fuck yourself. No, you don't. Get your greasy little fucking mitts away from it and go take the money off other people in fair legal ways. Like, don't fucking do this. Small, like, there should be... If, they, if they're going to do this, right, what they need to do is when the fighters sign the contracts, there is a breakdown of if you fail a drug test, you will be fined between X and Y. If there is a, for argument's sake, a brawl, you will be fined between X and Y. You can't just go, um, we're going to fine you. Uh, let's see, just do some, some what about, is 500 grand do it? Is that do it? You know, like, they, like fuck that. Oh yeah, no. If I'm Habib, they're not getting the money. Just do a Brock Lesnar. It's like good luck. Yeah. Go, what you gonna turn up at my fucking ranch and take it? I will shoot you <laughs> dead, motherfucker. Like, no, I. It's the money thing. I, I get the suspension. I think he's also said he's never fighting in Nevada again. But then he then hopefully he won't pay it. But that's the problem with the the UFC as an organization, essentially being based in Nevada and then being in bed with the Nevada Athletic Commission, is that. Well, up until recently, which we will get onto with a certain John Jones, mm-hmm. um, the UFC has honoured Nevada's rulings on anything. So, say for example, if you were suspended for a drug failure in Nevada, the UFC would not book you anywhere. Um, which, but that's fine. But, like that, that's, but, that's... That, but what I'm saying is that apparently has also changed because sure, John Jones wasn't licensed to fight in Nevada, so they'd shifted the whole event down the road yep. to California. Um but that's the right. Will the UFC make? I don't think the UFC will make the same provisions though for Habib. I don't know. I think Habib is. I don't think so. I think. I don't know. Is the honest answer. Well, he's also yeah. I think the suspension at least will be honoured. Um, See, so you can get three months taken off it if he does an anti-bullying PSA. Like, this is what I mean. Like, what are these rules that they just make up? Which is hilarious. Like, first of all, everything which went down after the fight, everybody involved pure shit it was all shit but if we're gonna make guys do anti-bullying PSAs for bullying sake, number one bullshit number one bullshit um, are we going to look at the run up to the fight where his religion family yeah culture where Connor bullied him were mocked re- repetitively um, oh repeatedly for money but also speaking of that the uh, Nevada Athletic Commission have said that they will be fining or monitoring uh, what is said on the run-up to fights. So they're literally the thought police at this point. Like, this is what I'm saying. Like, they need to catch a fucking grip. Like, I hope freedom of speech lawyers everywhere in America are uh, yeah. uh, licking their lips at the thought of this. Yeah, right. Because the thing is... is the First Amendment? And, yeah, yeah. yeah, I think so. Um, Not up to date with my... No, nor I. And apologies if you're American and, and we've got that wrong and butchered it. But then I wouldn't expect them to know about the... Uh, Good Friday Agreement. Yeah, the Good Friday Agreement <laughs> or the, uh, like, the ins and outs of the Irish potato famine. Um, the, the thing that bothers me about this is just the money. Um, that's what I was saying. I believe there should be some kind of comeuppance. And if they want to issue a suspension, it should be the UFC who administers the suspension. Um, it sh- I'm torn because if, the, if there's no organization to police the UFC, I don't know if I'm comfortable with them. It goes to that thing as as well, back to, are they employees or are they independent contractors? Because if they're independent contractors, good luck disciplining, because it's not going to happen. But they're not, but as we all know, that's just a facade, you know. So I think there does need to be something like 
the Athletic Commission just it's a shame that the Athletic Commission is such a steaming pile of shit to to regulate the whole thing and of course USADA has lost all credibility as well now so I don't know the inmates are running the asylum over there so it's uh, yeah I mean they need to find a better way of dealing with this sort of stuff um uh, to me it's either legal or it's or it's work if that makes sense and if it's work the well, UFC should be dealing with uh, yeah, it yeah if it's a sport issue well then yeah you hand out suspensions you know, stuff like that. You can't just fucking have you can't, half a million Yeah, but that's what I mean. Fine, if it's not a legal it? issue, who is someone to tell you, yeah, you actually owe us half a million quid? That's what I mean. Like, I, like if I'm Habib, I'm, t- I'm saying to Dana, I'm not paying that. Do what you want. Yeah. I'm not yeah, paying it. See you. See you. If you don't want me to fight in, in Nevada, I won't fight in Nevada. That's fine. I'm not I'll fight, fight in New York. Even if I pay this, I'm not going to fight there anyway. So. Yeah. So, yeah. Get bent. Um, you know, respect to Habib for saying no. Like, if my brothers are fighters union, you know, fighters they, they're, they're going to need it soon because this is like this is what I'm saying is that Conor McGregor received six months suspension and fined fifty thousand dollars, and it's like, well, why though? Like, what did he do? Oh, he was brawling as well. Uh, after he was fucking hit, he threw the first punch. No, he didn't. He didn't though. The video showed that he didn't. When he got up in the cage, he actually did. No, but he was hit before that. No. It wasn't. Oh, well, fuck it. Like, then that's even worse because if he's the one that threw the first fucking punch and he's only got six months on 50,000, like, that's, but it's just, that's even like, worse. Uh, it doesn't matter. He said, she says, they were all, like, but that's the thing. But Connor's been out and tweeting about a breakdown. He tweeted a breakdown of how he threw a perfect left straight in that fracas. <laughs> Brilliant. To, you know, to, to, to Sparks, uh, I, I can't remember the term. But essentially saying he was trying to obviously wind up Habib, saying it like it was you know his brother. I can't remember who he hits, but the whole thing's ridiculous. But hey, the UFC will be laughing when they do that rematch though and make a shit ton of money. Well, I mean that's the thing. Uh, you know they 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 can um, they can make a ton of money off them, and that's that's. I hope Habib's rich enough that he could just be like, you know what, fuck all of this. I am gone. He, I would say he would be because I look. I don't know, and this is probably very ignorant. I don't know the ins and outs of Dagestan. Don't think it's the most expensive place in the world to live. I wouldn't have thought. You don't think he could just go there and just be a national hero? I think he already is. That's what I mean. Yeah, just live off that. Live yeah. off the fact I Habib. Yeah, you know? well, I thought he was talking about retiring in a year or so. Anyway, yeah, it's something about just want to spend time with his kids and moving on with the news. Speaking of retiring. Jose Aldo has said by the end of 2019 he is done. No longer yes. wants to chase UFC gold. Three more fights, uh, all in Brazil, I believe. Which I think is a bit... I think if you're Jose Aldo, you've earned the right to call your shots. They will do three Brazil cards, and if you want on them, you're Jose Aldo. Yeah, but I mean, I think that, you know, you, you if you're Jose Aldo, why do you not want the biggest possible... You know what I mean? Like, what? why not the New York cards, or... Because he's... Doesn't want to. So that's what I mean. But that's what I mean. He's, he's been there, done it. He just wants to. Few fights left of his career. Wants to fight at home. Don't blame him. Let him have him. Be sad to see him go. Yeah, I, I mean, but it's, it's at it's the a, same time. I think if he doesn't have ambitions to win the title anymore, which he's stated he doesn't, right time to go. Y- you probably yeah. What more can Jose Aldo literally do? And. MMA. Not a lot. He, I mean, he really. You'd have to imagine that two more wins, and he would be near a title shot anyway. Um, and it would be nice to see him pick it up and and. 
I just don't go, I but don't I just can't see him. No, Holloway. Fight Holloway no, again. no, no, I have zero interest in that. Um, I agree. Um, Conor McGregor's suspension, six months, 50,000, as we said. Um, I'm really not happy for the fighters in terms of this. I think that there has to be more clarity um, with how these get, you know, how they, how they come up with these because, you know, I've always been taught, and maybe this is my dad raising me wrong, but I've always been taught that the person who throws the first punch is the one, you know, who, liable. They're the one liable, essentially. You know, like, uh, but yet, you know, we, not only is suspension three months longer for Habib, the fine amount is ten times larger. Yeah, I think it was. Ten. I think it was more to do with like the aesthetic of it all, the climbing, jumping over the cage, and literally jumping into. A crowd of people, like he could be seen as the instigator of the whole thing. Yeah, well, I think he did. I think. Well, that's what I mean. So you know, he does carry the responsibility of that. He is lucky there wasn't legal proceedings taken, but there should have been. Yep, but there wasn't. So whether we like it or not, legally, I think that that matter is put to bed. We have to remember, though, like the context of this whole thing, the friggin' shit show that the whole run-up was with the legal proceedings against Connor for the bus and Brooklyn and everything. This was all part of it. Like, when you think back about Connor versus Habib, it was all mental. Everything about it was mental. Yeah. It was going to lead to some absolute nonsense going down, and it did. And... Where's Every, the UFC's liability? Exactly. The UFC was, were the guys promoting it, using the footage um, of dollies being thrown through buses, threats being made, you know, meet me here, this, that, and the other. And uh, Dana White standing like a giddy goof uh, during a press conference, drinking whiskey, oh, everybody's mates, this, that, and the other, while, you know, one guy's calling the other guy backwards and this, that, and the other, you know, like... What did they expect was going to happen? Like, you can't bring all these things in. And then, you know, like, it was going to explode at some point, and it did. Yeah, that's the thing that, that bugs me as well, is that, you know, there's no liability on that. It's like, as you said, you know, all of that was allowed and facilitated by the UFC. But so, yeah, but... They benefit. Like, oh, there's, yeah, there's no, literally no, no, no detriment to them at all. There's no fine for... You know, like, so if that was... I'll go back to football again. So oh, please don't. Well, if... There's been a few cases of it. See where during a, a game where both teams have... Oh, there's been a bit of a bit of handbags and they've all got in each other's faces and they're all mouthing off and shouting and pointing fingers at each other. The FA fine the clubs for losing control of their players. Yeah. And if there's... If any individual player has done something above and beyond, they obviously get sanctioned as well. Fines, suspensions, this, that, and the other. So surely the UFC should be the role of the club in that. And that they they are the promotion. They are putting that event on and they have lost control yeah. of that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, like again, like this comes back to, you know, surely if anything, the Nevada State Athletic Commission are not there to keep the fighters in line. They should be there to keep the UFC in line. Independent contractors, but th- no. But this is my point, though, yeah. is that the fighters are independent contractors. But the UFC won't defend them 
either though. That's no. the thing. They'll that's only the fucked up thing. That's, yeah. yeah, they they just it's just like a what it's like a shit rolling downhill. Yeah, you have to go answer to the Nevada State Athletic Commission. We're we've nothing to do with you. Yeah, yeah, you exactly. Know. Oh, so we we're, you know you're independent contractors. <laughs> Fuck. But sake, you have to wear like, this uniform and we'll ban you, and you have to subject yourself to our drug testing. Yeah. Ach, the whole thing is a joke. They just need to get the union, like a union, sorted. Yeah, sooner rather than later as well. Yeah. Um, but with that, um, we'll go on to our Saints and Sinners for the week. As you can tell by that lovely music it is time for our saints and sinners of the week as you may or may not know we do saints and sinners every week we have had the power bestowed upon us by the wonderful mma gods to cast people into the fiery pits of hell should they have been misbehaved in the mma world or perhaps we're going to give them a an honorary sainthood who knows this week it's been a lot of bad this week some slight good but mostly yeah. bad should we start with the good okay um would you like to start I would like to Saint Scott Coker. And Bellator? Yeah, and Bellator. Okay. Um, I have very much enjoyed the Heavyweight Grand Prix. I think it's my favourite format uh, for fighting. I like a tournament structure. And this tournament has gone off essentially without a hitch. There's been no withdrawals, no injury dropouts. Um, the fights have been good. My only qualm would be taking maybe a little longer than I would have liked. But yep. overall, kudos to Bellator for doing something uh, slightly different or bringing back a more old school approach to it. Yeah, no, I can I can 100% see the merit. I think that Bellator, quietly going about doing things right, we've talked about this many of the time, Bellator are just slowly but surely just chipping away and keeping moving forward. One thing I will say is that I watched the prelims for you, the uh, Bellator oh, 2, 214. Third. Uh, the standard is pretty poor. Like there are definitely fights, many fights, as in half a card level of fights that they wouldn't even come close to UFC standard. And they need to address that. But uh, the, there's many things at play there. There's money. You know, uh, the UFC have a lot of the the high level guys tied up. No, they also have six hundred odd fighters on their roster. So that's exactly it. But this is this is what's smart about the UFC, whether you like it or not, is. They're just tying guys up in contracts just so the belt where can't get them. Yeah. And keeping them active enough to keep them busy. And no, no there's more. only so many high-level fighters to go about. Especially because the sport's so young. But uh, no, I completely agree with you. Um, I think we have to give Scott Cooker a sainthood. He is now Saint Scott Cooker. Saint Cooker. Well, if you're going to do a good one, I also will do a good one. I am going to Saint Ryan Bader um, for his godly ability to barely take any damage in a heavyweight Grand Prix. Um, for being able to dispatch one of the the greatest of all times so swiftly, um, and just for being an all round good dude for all intents and purposes, he does seem to be a good he seems dude. Seems to be a really yeah. good dude. Um, being respectful throughout the whole tournament doesn't. And a guy the UFC didn't really want, and he's kind funny of, that isn't he's it? Kind of shown them up. Good for him, and that's everyone loves the. Uh, the How do you think story. he would? Uh, at the time, do you remember he had the press conference? Face off with uh, DC. Yeah, I still think DC. Would oh, have. DC would have destroyed him. Yeah, yeah. He'd but now it would have been a lot more. I'd watch that at heavyweight. Hmm. 
All the belts on the line. All of them. Just all, all of five them. of them. Matter of time. Actually, throw DC Strike Force belts in there as well. It's a matter of time. I'm telling you, it's a matter of time. There will be a time where UFC will be forced to co promote with somebody. Don't know whether it'll be Bellator or one or whatever, but there will be a time. It has to happen. I don't know. Another thing, uh, just going back to my saint with Scott Cooker, is that they're planning more cross promotion with uh, Ryzen. Ryzen. Yeah, that's, I think there's another event in April. So it's a wise move, um, you know. And and also, if they can get that formula to work, doubles the the potential reach, and you know that would start to potentially put pressure on the UFC. Yeah. Um, so Saint Bader, one master Bader, one, one master Bader indeed. Um, who are your centers for the week, then, though? Uh, well, I think we can just collectively talk. We have one, but we may as well lump them in together and yep. just shit on it all together. Uh, so mine was Usada and yours was John Jones, so it's we'll kind of the throw, same issue. And we've already been given off about the Nevada State Athletic Commission and the UFC. So I may as well just bundle them all into one because it's all very similar yep. shit, I suppose. Um, one John Jones appears to have once again uh, got off with a, yet another field test for... Picograms of uh, Turinabol. Yep. Um, oh, just so he, there's also a thing came out there that said that he could well um, have have yeah. re- readministered. He and, wasn't tested for ten months straight. Yeah, and you know the thing that pissed me off is John yes, Jones' own lawyer essentially in that committee hearing yeah, admitted that. that he had used steroids. So like, what are like what what to quote Brandon Schaub? What are we doing? What are we doing? Like it's frustrating because you know you you're seeing then UFC two thirty five. They were literally boom, waiting for the, for the end of that hearing to find out if he was cleared, and this, literally the second it was over, yeah. So he's been someone was sitting hovering over a keyboard or a mouse and clicked release. Yeah, so Smith, Anthony Smith, and Jones obviously happening UFC two thirty five in March, isn't it? Yes. Now that he has been, but what a joke cleared. that you know like. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. So we didn't test him for ten months, and yeah, he could well have readministered in that period of time. But, but that's okay because we need someone to fight. So you know, and uh, like this just further angers me. Whenever it's like out of the brawl, and this, this is worse for the sport long term. The brawl will blow over. This won't. Yeah, like uh, that's what. Gets We're essentially, me. he's got a therapeutic use exemption for Turinable. Yeah, from the UFC, <laughs> just because he wants it. Yeah, forever. It's a fuck. Like, it's ridiculous. It really is So, what, he can essentially test positive every time, and as long as he's under a certain amount of steroids. Yeah, that's the bit that gets me. It's like, oh, but it's okay, because it's only, it's only a wee bit. It's only a pinch of salt and an so Olympic size I'll see if I freaking hear a pinch of salt anymore. Like, I thought the tolerance was zero. I thought well, that was the whole point. It's supposed to be. <laughs> like. It's supposed to be, but, you know... Uh, I don't know. Like, I mean, it, it's, it's a really, really odd odd scenario for, to, to have to see happen you know you didn't think whenever USADA came in that you would see you, you, you know you just didn't think that you would see this you thought that you would see the the opposite you'd see people go down you know yeah um, my door is about to go there appears to be a package oh my goodness it was merely a beauty package obviously for, for okay, my fine self your new giant dildo has arrived <sighs> dude you saw the size of the box is that what gave it away yeah, well, it's not even boxed, it's just wrapped up. It's in like a crate. It's got like a bin liner taped around it. Well, like I, I specifically told them not to be discreet. <laughs> Don't be discreet. Specifically. I want, Don't I want, be discreet. I want everyone to know. I want everyone on the street to know what I'm taking. I want 
all the peeps to know. <laughs> everyone. So, um, next what we're going to do is we're going to go through the UFC card, which is happening uh, in, is it Fortezella? Fortezella. Um, so, don't forget at this stage, you can join us on topology.com. What is the name of our group? Oh, shit. UFC Super Rod Super Pick'em. Pick That's go. the one. Um, it is a group where, to those who don't know, on Topology, you basically, it's like fantasy MMA. You just pick who you think's going to win. Is it going to be decision, first round KO, third round sub, etc., etc. You get little points if you win, and you get little, like, martial arts belts. So we're both orange belts at the minute. But feel free to come and join us for the fun. And um, There is nothing at stake. It doesn't cost anything. There is nothing other than pride uh, involved in this. But... We will not. We're not going to go through the whole card because a we'd be here all day, and you just don't need that. Uh, and b not every fight is a uh, is a, a world beater. But uh, I think we'll just go from the the main card up. Main card up. Uh, one maybe to mention before that is uh, Ricardo Ramos fighting Saeed Nurmagomedov, uh, who is is it his cousin or his brother? There's certainly some relation. <laughs> They're related anyway, Habib. Um, I I've gone Nurmagomedov. I've, I decision. picked Nurmagomedov decision as well. Doesn't seem to have the finishing ability that um, Habib has. No, and Ricardo Ramos is good. is good, and it's in Brazil. I think there's only been in the entire time they've been putting cards on in Brazil. There's been like a handful, and I mean like five or less decisions have gone against the Brazilian when they fought mm. someone from outside of Brazil. It's almost like it's rigged. Yeah, it's funny that. Um. Let's see. Next fight to discuss, I suppose. Well, Junior Albini um, versus Rosenstruck. So it's the big boys at it. Um, not a lot to... Jairzinho's nickname is Biggie Boy. That's a great nickname. That's what I'm going to start calling you. Biggie Boy. Biggie Boy. I really don't like Junior Albini because he has a tiny mouth. That, and that is... A tiny chin. And, of course, the diaper incident. I just Ooh. don't like him. I think he's rubbish. I just think he's absolutely rubbish. Uh, yeah, he's not great. I am picking Rosenstreich to knock him out in the first. That's exactly what I have picked as well. Um, I just, I think that his record shows that, uh, you know, he's got a bit of the oil pop, but um, I just don't think that Junior Albini is particularly good. I also think that he's not in the shape he needs to be. Apparently he, like was hyper-obese, as bald hyper-obesity his entire life. I was reading something the other day that, like, when he was not even a teenager, like, 10 or 11 years old, or something, like, 300 and something pounds. My goodness. Like, apparently, he was, I don't know. Well, good for him for getting his weight. Could be absolutely under control, but, nonsense. like, that's, the, that's funny you say that, because that's one of the things that, like, when I say, you know, he's not the shape he needs to be, is that he seems to carry an immense amount of body fat and that would make sense as to why and I'm not like like there are fighters especially in heavyweights that do carry body fat but he just doesn't seem to have the physical attributes needed no I'm just not not sold on him Um, I don't think he's really an elite fighter the only win on his record worth note is Timothy Johnson who you know the UFC didn't even have any interest in keeping around no, I was feeling hard done by. What's your name? I was thinking he was hard done by. Yeah, Timothy it's just Johnson. because he didn't have the most exciting style. No. Um, effective, though. Effective. Yeah. And he was always solid. According to the Bible of Wikipedia, Junior Albini started boxing at 13 years old to lose weight. At the time, he weighed over 350 pounds. Holy goodness. 
At 13? <sighs> Good lord. That is a substantial gentleman. He's fought at light heavyweight as well. Which is where he should be. Well, yeah, which is where he should be, but he hasn't been a light heavyweight since 2012, and he certainly does not look no. uh, like he's going there anytime soon. No. Um, Thiago Pitbull Alves versus Max Payne Griffin. Um, I'm loving the middle name because of Max Payne, obviously, one of my of favorite course. games. Um, this is a tough fight to call. Uh they, this is, I'm picking Alves because I'm a big Alves fan. I was debating picking Alves. He's he's excellent everywhere, really, isn't he? He is. Um, Max Griffin is very good as well. Um, we've spoken about him before. Laid out the blueprint, how to beat Mike Perry. Um, yep. Then lost to Millinder. Both guys have actually lost to Curse Millinder. Uh, Tiago Alves suffered that horrendous knee knockout. I'm going to go for an Alves decision. I've picked Alves decision. I think this is his first time fighting in Brazil, actually. Or oh, certainly, to help. certainly for a long time. Um, yeah, I think I'm not confident in this pick at all. Max no, Griffin Max Griffin very, could come out and good. starch him. Um, he's maybe, not, maybe not starch him, but he's just he's a very well-rounded striker. But then... That plays into Alves's hand. I don't think... I'd like to see him bust his leg kicks out again. Yeah. The problem with Alves is he's got wee T-Rex arms. Yep. He's got a 70-inch reach and he's five foot nine. Like, now, Max Griffin is not the world's largest welterweight, but he's six foot 76-inch reach. Big, long arms. Yep. So if you can manage that distance well against Alves, you know... Good night. You can chip away at him. Like Millinder did, essentially. But yeah. Millinder is a very large... Yes, he is, yeah. ...wilderweight. But if it becomes a stand-up fight, Thiago Alves, obviously technically excellent. One of my favourite stand-up fighters to watch. Um, he's, like, his leg kicks oh, are... beautiful. Yeah, fantastic. Beautiful. But it, I'm just worried that he's sort of crossed into that Carlos Condit territory and mm. that there's nothing... He physically hasn't dropped off... Technically, it's all still there, but it's just not. It's just not clicking anymore. Yeah, I know what you mean. There is that kind of. I don't want to say like doubt as such, but like, like his last fight, he lost to uh, Alexei Konchenko, who, you know, uh, did he just fight in the Australia card as well? Yes. Um, you know, no shame in that. He's fantastic. He's great. Um, Animal. He is. And just and his game plan, it shuts guys like Alves down. It all does, day long, yeah. Um, tie them up. Max Griffin, heavily, he's pretty heavily favoured, but I'm I'm picking Alves for for the upset. I would like to see him win win one at home, and then not a fight that we're going to go into. But have you seen what Sarah Frotta looks like? Oh wow, that is one. Um, well, she actually looks a bit like Rafael de Santos. If Rafael de Santos was serving life in prison. Yeah, with face tattoos and all. Um, yeah, anyway. <laughs> Justin Ledette and Johnny Walker. This is a fucking banger of a fight. And loads of people don't don't know it. It really is. Ledette, John. pretty unknown. Ledette has really, really tight boxing technique. Yep. Not much else. Don't think, um, Johnny Walker. I, I have no idea how this human makes light heavyweight. No, he's huge. He's ridiculous. Six five, eighty two inch reach. Um, 
who's 26 years old, trains out of, trains in England. Um, man, what he did to Khalil Rountree, the sound of the, oh. el- the, sound of the elbow Bang. was disgusting. Um, in Brazil, I'm favouring Walker. I think he'll get rid of him in the second, but I don't think he will blow Ledette away like people think he will. No, Ledette is no fucking joke at all. No. He's no joke, and... Uh, I have him pretty much. Yeah, I have it the same way you do. I have second round TKO by Walker. I think it's going to take him a round to sort of wear him down. Um, you know, Walker is just a physical freak, and that, that that's not all he has. He has phenomenal striking in general. Um, and Ledet is also a very big light heavyweight, six four, eighty inch reach. Yeah, I just don't think that he has enough in this instance, but. He could do. I mean, Ledet Ledet has surprised me before, so um, it'd be it'd be interesting to see. Um, the last Ledet one I remember being like a shock was seeing him at heavyweight when he fought, um, well, he beat Chase Sherman, but it was the yeah Mark Godbeer. He tapped him. Yeah, uh, and I remember thinking like because they were physically like Godbeer was just bigger. Yeah, and uh, yeah, handled them no problem. And Walker just seems to have that. Dynamite, dynamite, he in his hands. So, um, uh, well, on his on his elbows. So, mm. we we shall see. Um, Charles Oliveira and David Taymor. Uh, I'm surprised to see Oliveira back so quickly. Yeah, that was a month ago. A month ago. Um, not going to want to miss a fight in Brazil, I suppose. True. Um, I'm picking Oliveira to keep the the streak going. Submission first round. However. David Taymor is uh, my prediction isn't really giving him the respect he deserves. Very good fighter, but I just think Oliver is on a bit of a tear at the minute. Um, if this goes to the ground, which I think it will, you just can't pick against him. You can't. Um, no, you can't. I mean, he is just so good. So good on the grind. Like, Tamer's on it's a disgusting. Tamer's on a good run. You know, like Nick Lentz, super tough guy, well-rounded. Dracker Close, see him again. Lando Venata. It's a good win. It's a good win, you know. That was Lando Venata when there wasn't any questions as well, you know, a year and a half ago. Yeah. Nearly two years ago. That was when he was much hyped. And I think Venata's been found out a bit since. I don't know if he's been find out he just can't seem to close the show yeah but uh Tamer is excellent he is excellent and this is a tough fight but I just think I think Charles Oliveira he's, he's just he's very close to putting it all together to being you know you've just figured the game out and being elite um, probably should be a featherweight though well, he just he kept balls and up the weight cut Otherwise, he would be there. Yeah, but you get you get someone in to help with that. I mean, I saw that he got paid more than anyone else on that card last time. Got paid two hundred and eighty grand. Yeah, he got paid a surprise. Yeah, like money. loads. He can afford to get someone to help him with his weight cut. He needs mm. to just pull his finger out. I get it. He doesn't like cutting weight, but, but then the again, advantages he had. Yes, I know what you're going to say. He's winning, but no, uh, no, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying for this fight, obviously, you know, he's only a month removed, so. Mm. For this fight, no, like I'm, I'm happy enough. But in general, he needs to find his way back down to featherweight because that's where he can open up a whole fucking world of hurt. And yeah, so next fight, Lyman Good, um, it doesn't pass my sniff test. Uh, fighting Damian Maya. 
Damien Meyer, who needs a win. He needs a win, but Damien Meyer, who poor Damien Meyer, has been thrown to the wolves. Yeah. Um, and it's quite nice that he's actually getting. Jeez, look at his last five fights: Condit, Masvidal, Woodley, Covington, and Usman. Yeah. So he's been facing the murderers row at welterweight. He's on a three-fight losing streak. Needs to turn it around. I think he will turn it around. Yes. I think the most worrying... I've picked him by submission in the second round. I don't think he'll do it in the first. Lyman Good, big, strong, very physical. Um, Absolutely annihilated Ben Saunders last time out. But... That doesn't tell you much. Ben Saunders' chin at this point. Compromised, to say the least. Um, Obviously, picking Maya by submission... It's usually how he gets it done. He is a billion light years ahead of good on the ground. The worrying fact is that I think Damian Maya is zero for 49 in takedown attempts in his last three fights. Yeah, that is worrying. And the other thing as well is worrying is uh, his years on the planet. Yep. 41. Now, what I will say is if Woodley can't spark you out and if Kamaru Usman doesn't Really, Lyman Good's a different sort of a threat. I don't think Usman really carries that pop. The Woodley fight was a strange fight in that it was excellent risk management by Woodley. Yeah, but um, if, if Woodley didn't spark him, I'm not confident that Lyman I think Good if, can. Yeah, if Maya had stayed on the feet and, you know, actually engaged with Woodley, um, I doubt he would have lasted the 25 minutes. But I think Maya will... I think this is a step down from the guys he's been fighting, especially his last three. Which who, is about right. Who have all either held titles or about to challenge for titles uh, against Lyman Good, who is not on that level. Um, of course, f- fighting at home, fighting in Brazil. I think Maya will probably, maybe a few scary moments in the first, getting wobbled. But we'll get him against the cage, get him down, and I think it'll be curtains if is- it hits the mat. Is this the, are we seeing the decline of elite jiu-jitsu in MMA? Now, I'm not saying that jiu-jitsu isn't arguably one of the most important assets. What I'm saying is, is this proof? Do you think like seeing someone like Damian Maya getting figured out, if you will? I think you know, the pro- I think the problem is, and it's in the stat I just told you, it's the zero for forty nine takedowns. The if wrestling, you, if you, you can't get it there. What do you do? Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, he he. From what I remember, he, it's a lot of body lock takedowns, isn't it? Oh yeah, he has it's, to get in close close distance. But good luck doing that against people like Usman, Covington, and Woodley. Well, the thing with Lyman Good too is hyped, but no real reason to be. Uh you, he's fine. Yeah, he's, big big strong guy hits hard. I mean, that's obviously very disrespectful to his skill set. But no, I, they're, they're, they're not great, com- but they're not comparable on the ground. What I'm saying is, our wins over Mika Terrell, you know, Sean Burrell, Andrew Craig, lost to Zaleski de Santos, and a win over Ben Saunders. Is that enough to fight Damian Maya? I think at this point, unfortunately, yes. But it says, but more. is it enough to beat him? No, no, I don't think so either. Other than catching him cold, which could happen. Which could happen. But if Woodley couldn't do that. You know, well, that's, be hard. that's what I'm. That's what I'm sort of basing this so on. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna go submission round one. Um, and from Maya, I think this is one of those times where we get the reminder that there are levels to this. Yeah, yeah, 
That's my call. I think that this this is over quickly. One way or t'other, it's over quickly. Um, but I think that my I think it goes. To the, I think it goes to the second. But I'm also picking my. Fair enough. The co-main, which is probably actually the main event, really, is it not? It it could it, it should be it could be it main should be anything. Jose Aldo and Renato Moicano. Um, this is an absolute fucking phenomenal fight, especially for the featherweight division. This is the fight that needs to happen to get Moicano a title shot. It's the fight that needs to happen to get Jose arguably a title shot. I don't want to see it because I don't want to see him fight Holloway again. Um, and to be honest, I think it would be hard for Aldo mentally to face Holloway again. I don't think it, I don't think there's any risk of that happening. I think we've done it twice on the bounce. I have to favour Aldo. I've picked Aldo by decision. I don't think it's going to be a decision. I think he's going to spark him. Mm. Round three, nice and late. Think so? Yeah, I do. Um, I think, I think people were are writing him off against Jeremy Stevens. Not us. No. Um, I, I still think... He's as elite as they come skill-wise. Physically, I don't think he's the client. I think the only thing which has happened to him is that there's been a young monster has arrived and overtaken. And, of course, Max Holloway. Um, Jose Aldo has done it all. Nothing really left to prove. Big one for Moicano. This is the first real... Elite. elite. Well, he fought Brian Ortega, yeah, yeah, yeah. but that was, what, two well, years ago? Well, he found out a bit as well. Well, um, not really found out as such, but... But, um, you know, Moicano squeaked by Jeremy Stevens a couple of years ago as well. Mm-hmm. That's their common uh, common foe. <sighs> I just think Aldo will want to see this out, especially with the fight being in Brazil. I know they're both Brazilian, but... Uh, I just, yeah, I just think Aldo will want to see out his career on a high... I think he's still, other than Max Holloway and maybe Brian Ortega, I think Mercano's the next hardest fight for him. Yep. But I think he's still at a high enough level that he should should get by. I don't want to call a finish because I, I, I really, really rate Mercano as well. I don't think... People sleep on Moicano striking. That's they do, one thing. but people if, sleep on Aldo's jiu-jitsu. That's true, and is and is certainly, if nothing else, like but he his is, anti-wrestling. He is, but that's what I was about to say. He's very good anti-wrestling, and it's like... His ability to stop him from taking it where defensive, he needs it. Defensive jiu-jitsu. I don't see Aldo taking him down and being offensive on the ground. No, 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 of course um, not. But this is, this is... So, this is where I think people are getting it wrong. What I've been reading is similar to what you've just said in terms of what I've read, is that overall... And this is obviously quite general, but overall, people seem to think that Moicano either taps him or Aldo either oh, sparks him or decisions him, right? But I don't think Moicano can tap him. No. Well, I would actually be more worried about uh, Moicano catching him. Yeah, oh no, that's... You know, he's yeah. that good on the feet. That, Absolutely. That, that, this is actually a fair fight on the feet than I think most people are, yeah. are, I just are think- aware of. I just think Aldo's more refined. Yeah, but he is. and he's got that. Like if he can go, if he can go back to the leg kicks. Like I know he throws them still a bit, but like he needs to go. Well, back the problem to with Moicano is that does he have an offensive wrestling threat? Not enough. Jose Aldo has. He might have been usurped now, but he was certainly for a long time had the best takedown defense ratio in the UFC, and that was yep. in title fights against guys like Chad Mendes and yep. Frankie Edgar. Yeah. So. He's been there, done it, got all of the t-shirts. Yeah, so yeah. good luck taking him down. 100%. And if it becomes a technical stand-up fight, it's close. But with experience, I just 
have to give it to Aldo. I think it'll go to that. I think Aldo will frustrate Moicano on the outside. I think he will yeah. fight smart. Yeah, you could be right. Um, it's a, it's a fucking dynamite fight, and I really do believe that uh, that this is the it's not up or shut up time for Moicano. Um, he needs this win really fucking badly. Like uh, without this, he goes back down the rankings again. To well, not back down in terms of him, he'll not drop too much, but in terms of his competition level, and he needs to be fighting two, threes, and fours. You know, yeah. um, to to get it. I'd love to see him and Ortega rerun. Yeah. That's in fact to be possible. honest. If he if he if he wins and doesn't get the title shot, I think that's. that's I don't think. Gotta I, go. don't, I don't know what they're going to do with Holloway, but I can't see either of these guys getting a title shot. Moicano deserves one if he wins this. Probably, probably, definitely. Um, so that pretty much wraps us up. Uh, is there anything else you want to add? Well, how about we look at the actual main event? Oh, shit, yeah. Well, I've completely forgot about that. That's a good point. Um, the main event, of course, that was my mistake. I got too carried away with the... Uh, the you see, that I told you before we started, this was the real main event. I just blanked the main event out. Rafael <laughs> uh, Assonsoy and Marlon Moraes, Mark Du. This Mark is the two. second time they're meeting. I think this has the same result as the first one. It's uh, exactly what I've picked. Decision I've, from Assonsoy, Rafael Assonsoy. Decision. And probably a split decision. I think the odds on this might be good, you know, if you if you fancy a flutter. Fancy a flutter. Um, I'll have a look now if you want to give your reasons as to why. I just think Asunsai is criminally underrated. Yep. Um, like, I th- there's only losses in the last four or five years have been TJ Dillashaw, who went to the... Actually, he beat TJ as well, didn't he? Yes, he did, yeah. He was one-on-one with TJ. Um, lost the decision to him a few years ago. That was his last loss. I think it was at UFC 200. And it wasn't... Uh, it was in no way a blowout. I just think he quite... He has no flash. No. He just quietly goes about his business and he beats good guys. Beats great guys. You know, Aljamain Sterling, Marlon Moraes, which we've spoken about. Uh, Matthew Lopez, okay, maybe not so much. Rob uh, Font. Rob Font in his last one. Um, But Moraes is also on a tear. Yeah, and a tear of finishes as well. Yeah. Well, two out of three, but... Well, Jimmy Rivera, fin- uh, that's his biggest win. Yes, it is. And did we, I, the question with that is, did we see enough? You know, I ne- we never, both of us have talked about this on the podcast before, we never like to say that, like, you know, if it's a short fight, if it's 30 seconds. Yeah, because so, a know, fight's a fight. A fight's a fight. It, you, it, yeah. yeah, but, you know, you could get caught at any time. The question is, if him and Rivera were to run it over again, could he recreate that? And I don't think so. I think there is an element of Uriah Hall... Gegar Musasi in that, which yeah. is that was your one time out of a hundred to do that. I don't think. Uh, nah, I don't. No, no, no. I'm not saying to, that, that he couldn't knock him out. I just mean like it was literally bang done. You yeah. know, it was something like fucking it's like the first twenty seconds of the fight or something. Was it not? I can't remember exactly, but it was it was early. Um, yeah. Um, Marlon this Marais this looks, fight looks like a mini Eddie Alvarez. He does. He really does. Um, this fight will... <laughs> no, I can, no, I can't not see it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this fight will be super close. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out over five rounds. Um, True. Could, could come down, this could well come down to a gas tank. That's a good point. Yeah. I would have to favour a Sonsai with that. Because I've seen it. 
Have you? Well, no, but like I was in, I've seen... Oh, actually, that's a good I point. I don't think he's fought five rounds. Hmm. He certainly hasn't headlined the UFC. No, no, no. But Marlon Moraes has been in five round fights because sure he was the World Series of Fighting champion for a long time. Touche. Well, per, then perhaps I have to favour him slightly. But I've never seen longer. a Sun Tzu have cardio, cardio issues. issues. No, same. Um, a Sun Tzu is six to four. So Moraes is the betting favourite. Eight to fifteen. It's pretty heavy. Yeah. Marlon Moraes, I would the old smell test. Yeah, he doesn't pass the smell test. He is uh, pretty darn jacked. He's got them uh, bodybuilder shoulders. Yeah, and boulders in his uh, boulders in his shoulders. Boulders in his shoulders, but like Marlon Moraes, his record's ridiculous. Yeah, but it's impressive. But it's the competition level. Yeah, the competition level has stepped up. And when he came to the UFC, he was welcomed by Rafael Asuncao, who put a stop to that. Fair enough. Split decision. You know what? I, ha- I can't overly remember that fight. I will have to go away and yeah, watch I'm it. Yeah, I'm going to re-watch it again before. Probably really should have done that before this. Probably, yeah. But um, Asuncao's been, I wouldn't say a favourite fighter for a long time, but I-, I can appreciate his work. He's just great. He just chips chips away. Um, I just think he'll get it done. The odds he- of... He-, he wins ugly. Do you know that the odds for... You could nearly make money... If you think there's a chance of a finish, right, mm-hmm. you could nearly make money betting on either of them. Because round one from Mirai's to finish it, 6-1. to one. Round two, 8-1. to one. Three, 12-1. Four, 14-1. Five, 22-1. And Asunsai, round one, 14-1. Round two, 16-1. I, I, I don't think Asunsai finishes him. I don't Asunsai think Asunsai doesn't finishes finish. him either. I he, think it goes to points. He hardly finishes anybody. Asunsai in points is 5-2. to two. That's what I'm swaying to. Mirai's on points is six to four. But this is a great fight. These are two elite guys. Um, Mirai's probably thought after beating Jimmy Rivera that he was due a title shot, and certainly could argue. But this is the bullshit which happens when your champion drops or you know drops out of the division, True. holds up the belt to go and chase another one. TJ probably should have been fighting Marlon Mirai's. Yeah. Oh, 100%, yeah. Yeah, you know, you're right. This is a... And to be fair... And this is all the risk. Marais is taking all the risk here. And I've seen people say that this was rumoured to be the setup for TJ's next opponent if he'd beaten Cejudo. And that would be about right. Yeah. You know, that would be about right. Um, you could have made an argument for either of these guys fighting TJ for the belt. As I know, yeah, without this fight. Without this fight. Yeah, so some, someone's taking a big risk or it's you know, going to pay off for somebody, but... Um, that is it for this week's episode of the Superad MMA Show. We thank you, as always, for joining us. Uh, be sure to check us out on palookamedia.com. You can follow us on Instagram at palookamedia. Uh, you can check out our clothing brand at palookamedia.com. We'd really appreciate it um, if you did. That is basically our... Uh, clothing brand that represents anyone that's on a combat sports journey of any kind, um, in particular Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, but it doesn't have to be. Um, Of course, we have a Patreon as well if you're interested in helping us fund this because it does take an immense amount of time, work and energy to do this and bring it to you. Uh, And we value any any help that you guys want to give us at all and it's patreon.com forward slash MMA. But to be honest, the one thing that any of you could all do that doesn't cost you anything other than a couple of seconds of your precious, valuable time is to tag us, you know, tag your friends in in uh, the podcast if you 
if you think they'd be into it, uh, if they're in the MMA, uh, if you wish to post it on Reddit, that would be great because Reddit are super duper strict about us posting it because it's self promotion. Um, but if you guys do it, it's just promotion. Um, so yeah, that's the only thing we would ever ask uh, humbly would be for uh, for a little bit of social media shove. We shove just to be poking a prod, yep. tag some peeps that might like it. Uh, as always, we appreciate the feedback. We're always open to uh, the feedback and discussion. We never claim to be the uh, the be-all, end-all when it comes to MMA opinion, so feel free to challenge anything we've said. Take us up to task on Twitter. Uh, just expect us to retaliate with just as much fire as you throw at us, though. <laughs> we had no pushovers, right, Mel? True that. We have a cage fight coming up. Yeah, bro. We train yeah. that UFC, We, we train bro. in UFC now, so we do. UFC trainers, bro. Yeah. You're, but, you're um, wearing a tap out shirt I am right wearing, I'm wearing a tap out hoodie which is, that is, actually yeah, that's a good point I should probably change but uh, yes thanks very much for joining us this week uh, peace and love and we'll speak soon bye